Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I will tackle your listener questions, as we always do. We go a little bit off topic on this episode. Uh, If you want to skip all that nonsense and just get straight to the drug talk, I've got timestamps below. This week, designer steroids versus the good old-fashioned steroids that we know and love. Several small injections versus one big shot. Taking GH secretagogues like GHRP6 along with your growth hormone. What do you use in an off-season if you don't like DECA or EQ? Is all gear the same milligram for milligram? Why is it that some pros don't look like they get fat in the off-season like Nick Walker, even though he's making incredible progress? Steroids pre-workout and a bunch more. If you want to take part in the next episode, then comment below. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. And hey, if you're new here, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. We've got several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week featuring IABB pros, high-level coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love and stay safe in the process. All right, guys, let's get to the program. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Grossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for some additional savings. If you're in Canada, go to supplementsource.ca. You can get some great deals on supplements over there. And if you're in the UK, get your blood work done by Dave. Dave, I made a commercial for us, for you. I made a commercial for you, uh, an eval commercial. All right, that's going. It's, I don't have it. It's not here. You'll have to see the finished podcast as this airs post-production. So it's you about, haven't made it then, have you? No, I actually, I did. I did. I have a commercial for well, you. Well, if you did, you'd be, playing, you'd be playing it now, and you can't play it now because you haven't made it. <laughs> okay, so it's not finished, but I have it. Right, that's better. You're making one then. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm making one. I have I have one in the works. So you, uh, you were busy last week. You were also under the weather. Uh, but you're back. Uh, people missed you. you. We didn't have a show out last week. Good. Maybe people appreciate me a bit more because you obviously don't. <laughs> I'm happy that you're back. Uh, guys, we have a ton of listener questions today that you guys left. If you want to take part in the next show, comment below. All your uh, questions will be used for the following episode. Plus comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. Um, comment about how much you care and love Dave. Uh, Dave has a real tough time with people that are being real nice to him. So I, I, it would make him squirm if we all talked about how great of a human being Dave is. I think he did better. Like in the under construction days when people were just like telling him that he was a monster and that he abused steroids. Diseased cow. That's the best one. I was a diseased (laughs) cow. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I want a t-shirt. I mean, I want a t-shirt with that on diseased cow. So you're about to move, aren't you? We are 9th of August. Ooh, that's right around the corner. Um, so there is a strong possibility that the 9th of – sorry, 8th of August. So there's a strong possibility that the 9th of August I will not be able to record. Okay. However, I should be able to record um, a day or two after. Okay. So you're. I imagine that it is very busy – uh, right now for you. Are you still doing your online course, the, the, the pillars of strength? Yes. I, so I'm, I'm just, we just finished and I'm going to start the other one. The next one's probably going to start obviously because I move on the eighth. Um, so the eighth. you're going to start on the eighth start. guys. He's going to start on the eighth. No, no, I move on the eighth. <laughs> No, I'm not. Sorry. That's a fucking, uh, don't push me. I'm close to the edge. Um, you can. I'm probably looking at starting the next course on the 10th or the 17th, most likely the 17th. Yeah. Okay, cool. How long does that last that'll, for? That'll be seven weeks. Okay, cool. So week one, we do diet. Week two, we do training. Um, and that comes with a load of videos, a big video library on exercise technique. And we talk about techniques of engagement and importance of engagement and, and muscular range and, and all that sort of shit. Nice. Then week three, we, we look at uh, mechanisms of steroids. To week four, we look at anabolic compounds, their, their traits, their family groupings, their effects. Week five, we do cycle – well, week four, we do cycle design. 
week five, we do health impacts, blood markers. Week six, we do brain and an overview of homework. Um, and then week seven is any other business. Okay. Um, Which usually ends up being ins- insulin and growth because that's oh. what everybody fucking wants to talk about on that week. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. All right, cool. Well, anybody who wants to sign up, how do they find that, Dave? Let's throw that out there while we're just, talking about this. Just because I am absolutely fucking useless for websites and all that shit, just message me. All right. Message Dave, guys. I've got uh, our links and stuff below if you want to contact either of us for coaching. Um, like I said, man, we've got a ton of listener questions that people left for us. I'll just dive straight in here from the top and uh, see what I've got here. Oh, this wasn't as much of a question. It was a comment. And I there was something I thought we could mention about it. He said, I love the show. I just finished a book that talked about steroids and PEDs in baseball. And I never hear these days about Norboleth throne. Norboleth. Is that how you say it? Noble Throne. <clears throat> or THE. It was it was the it was the clear. I know that much. Remember Victor Conte? He had that uh the, the cream and the clear. I believe that one was the clear, and then the cream might have been THG. I these were designer steroids, is what I would call them. I don't think that yeah. these things were not for um like standard, they were there to basically try to get steroids in people that weren't supposed to be taking steroids because they wouldn't be detected. It's not that they were that great, right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, as an actual steroid, they're, they're a bit shit. Uh, to be fair, I mean, they're not something I would look for if I had the open choice of anabolics. Let's put it that way. Like you were talking about the good old days with like, um, like yeah, because they didn't used to test, you know, decades and decades ago. So guys were running. What was your favorite oral Terinabol used? But was that the Russians that were using that? The yeah, Germans? the East Germans. East, yeah. East Germans. Uh, they reckon about 10,000 athletes went through T-ball. No shit. That's crazy. Yeah, a 15 year period. I mean, it's a 15 year period that that spans. That's like literally everybody was on the t-ball at that time then coming out of Germany. oh that was that was the the uh the standard oral for the east german athletes was t-ball hmm. and for good reason um you know it, it it was a good little drug for for sort of definitely for field events uh there's some data that has been published regards and it's discus or javelins uh, and they, they were looking at you know athletes that are at the top of the game anyway and they were gaining they're gaining a couple of meters on their throats. Huh. Yeah. Which from a percentage point of view was 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 pretty good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they steroids work. There's no question about it. They work. Mm, you sure about that? I'm not so sure about that. I remember it might have been Victor Conte talking about it. I, uh, maybe it wasn't. It was Victor Conte talking about uh what they did with athletes that were in track and field that they would actually run the gear beforehand, get them off of it going into the event, you know, so that they could Mm. still like cover up the fact that they had used it, but they wouldn't be at their peak, but they would still be like much faster than they had been before using it. Plus they'd get the bulk off of, (coughs) of, of the gear and be faster and lighter, you know? Well, that, that's, I mean, that's what that, remember the guy we had on it quite a while ago now, but the, the research guy we had on that was looking at that study about satellite cell retention post-usage. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's what all that's looking at now is, you know, they, they, they do believe that exposure to anabolics can potentially give a lifelong advantage over a, a natural. Yeah, and I could see that. I could see that. All right. Well, listen, let's get into the rest of our questions here. It was just that was kind of a random topic I thought I'd throw in there. Question for the next show when injecting uh, is two smaller injections better than all in one site, particularly when it comes to scar tissue? Uh, what's the smallest volume one would rationally split up? Right. So it's the needle that scars as the, uh, causes the scar tissue, not the bloody oil. So if you're going to do two injections, you're creating more scar tissue, not less. I feel, though, Dave, I feel like when you... Okay, 
so I've done everyday shots in contest prep back in the day. And at times there were, there was some volume added to that, you know, like good amount of volume per oil or of oil per shot. I feel like the less oil volume you use, the less damaging it is to the muscle overall, the faster that muscle will bounce back. If I were to take three cc's every other day, those sites will get more inflamed and be more irritated. And I feel like they'll be more damaged than if I were to do one and a half cc's every day. I agree and disagree. Okay. I agree that there'll be more inflammation because of a higher volume of oil, but I don't agree there'll be more damage. It's the needle that causes the scar tissue because that's what tears the muscle fibers. That's what damages the muscle fibers as it goes in. Yeah. That's where your scar tissue comes from. Potentially, there could be slightly more calcification with a higher volume injection, and there definitely is more inflammation trauma from the site with that. But that inflammation trauma is not – the oil itself shouldn't really cause a huge amount of damage to tissue unless you're ramming it in like you're trying to, you know. Like, yeah, bang. not on impact. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 trauma is the inflammation of the site. Yes, that will that will be higher with higher volume of oil. Um, there's a double-edged sword with, 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 with sighting uh, or with multiple injections. Every time you break the skin, you increase the risk of infection. True. Um, so there is that, that point straight away. You're going to get more scarring in sites because you're using more sites. Yeah. But you have less volume, so the site should be less painful. You have a less peak of hormone hitting the body so it can lessen sides by doing it that way but depending on your cycle your doses your drugs single site injection can actually yield better results because uh, you get a higher peak but that's hmm. offset by the fact that that high peak can be more influential in causing sides so yeah. there's it's very much down to the individual um the higher the peak, the more anabolic you are for that period of time, the potentially the better results you'll get off the drugs, but also the higher you're going to get conversion to estrogen, the more stressful it's going to be on the body. So you've got to offset all these things. Uh, and I like to have a little bit of irregularity into the cycle. So I like at least one shot to be off kilter to everything else. Hmm. So for argument's sake, if you were doing a cycle of, say, 300 tests, 300 mass, 300 primo, I'd probably do one of those injections as a single shot and the other two I split into two. Yeah. Okay. I, you've said that before. That's one place where you and I differ as far as our designs. Mm. I usually always try to start out at least keeping things as stable as possible. Uh, I, that's where I'd prefer to always start. That way it's like less variables, less to think about too, you know? That, that's just, I mean, honestly, I, for me, part I'm of that simplicity. About you, you, the only reason I like that little peak is that it stops the upregulation of clearance. Okay. You'll, you'll find loads and loads of people when they finish cycle, their clearance rate, say, say for argument's sake, because someone comes off 500 mega test. Yeah. So technically, that should really keep their levels elevated for a good three weeks post cycle. Okay. Because 500 mega test is going to re result you in somewhere around the 100 and more mark. And it's going to be around the 90 to 100 and more mark, which wasn't relate to you, I know, because you're NGDL. Um, so you should see levels above, above upper range for at least three weeks. And, and I regularly see people coming off that sort of level of test and they're back sub range within two weeks. Okay. So effectively, they're clearing much faster. So their effective compound circulating in their body at the back end of their cycle is actually lower than the dose. Hmm. I don't know if I quite it's understand. The, the so what? What about right, so staggering when, the shots? When, when you when you reach blood plasma stability, right? The clearance rate of a hormone changes. Your body shifts it out faster. Okay. This is why you get regular half-life and you get terminal half-life. Terminal half-life at test length is over less than half. I think it's about 4.5 days, five days. Yeah. So yeah. you're clearing the drug out quicker. 
because you're clearing the drug out quicker, but you still have the same injection protocol, the actual circulating levels of hormone in your body go down. Okay, interesting. So you would, by keeping an irregularity, it stops the plasma stability and stops you from upregulating clearance and therefore lowering the effective dose of circulating your body. Yeah, okay. We'll move on. Uh, Liam Hunter says, uh, can someone at the Patreon, can some of the Patreon money go to getting Dave better, uh, a better deal on his broadband? Dave, when you move, you're going to have brand new internet, aren't you? This is like, this is the best he can do, guys. He's in the country. He lives, guys, I've been to Dave's house now. I can say this. It's like literally his house is made out of rocks that are from like 10 centuries ago. And the road is made out of those same rocks. That's all they have out there. And there's sheep and there's a horse in his backyard. And there's like one chintzy wire that's giving everybody the internet. They all have to share it in that same little, it's not even a town. It's a village guys. All right. So be happy. We got Dave at all. That's all I'm going to say. There's a, there's a horse and two donkeys in my back garden. Come on. The, get it where's, where's, I didn't see the donkeys. Yeah, there's two donkeys as well. Yeah, your um, internet is quite shite. Like, I can't even make out your face at the moment. But when we connected, it was super clear. So it's, somebody else it, down the street must be downloading something right now. Probably, yeah. But the new the new internet, I, I so I, I actually, the guy who I'm getting the house off is a mate of mine. Yeah. Um, and, and he actually provides internet. He's an internet service provider. He's a mobile phone airtime provider. Um, he does virtual storage and, and backup rescues and redundancies for computer systems and all sorts. He actually provides the internet for the house. Nice. Um, and it's on a, I believe it's on a weird standalone system. And he, he, he's guaranteeing me I will have 50 meg. Nice. That'll be perfect. Well, look at that. And, and I've got what? Eight, eight here or something stupid. Your upload speed <laughs> you is like point. Five megabytes. It's terrible. Trina's with us. We've got uh, Andrew Nolan with us. And Liam, who made that comment, said, I went to Dave's house for blood tests once. Scott isn't exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to go to the new place. Uh, Dave's new, moving. <clears throat> the new place is even more remote, but it is a little bit more modern. All right. Move on here. Uh, next question is from Daniel Adams. Daniel says, question for Dave. I'm taking four IUs HGH first thing in the morning, mainly for fat loss purposes. Would taking IPAM at night to help with natural production and sleep help with fat loss and recovery, or would it just be a waste of money? Thanks. Waste of money. You will not stimulate natural recovery because you'll be shut down from your growth. It will only re-stimulate if you go every other day. So what you could do is GH one day, peptide stimulants the next day, then GH the next day. Then you will get something out of your peptide stimulants, but if you try and run peptide stimulants PM, you won't because you are suppressed from the growth hormone that you took in the morning. Is it forcing, is it not forcing your body to produce though? I don't think it can. Kind I of might like, be wrong on that. You might. Kind of like on HCG. You know what I mean? Like if you take tests, you can still produce testosterone if you take hcg that's the way i understood it i had done it before but i was also taking a bunch no. of other stuff so it was really hard to tell you won't you won't you won't produce tests on hcg when you're on cycle you'll only produce itt you'll produce testosterone your levels will go up and it's not it, okay so we did talk about this once and i i had talked to victoria about it it is it begins it, it it's produced in the testicles so it is intratesticular but it does circulate my understanding is that the 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 impact is negligible. We'll have to talk anything. We'll have to figure it out then. Let's because we did talk about this once before, and I was going to mention to you, uh, like off the air before show one day, that I had talked to Victoria because I always thought that it did because I've seen I've seen test levels increase on HCG. So let's my let's, my un, my my understanding that is when you're talking super pharmacological dosing levels. Okay. ACG will not increase test levels, um, and localized inhibins will prevent that from happening. That's my understanding. Okay. If 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 Victoria knows more on this than me, I will gladly gladly listen because happy to learn, always happy to learn. Let's let's but find out. Let's find yeah, out. Yeah, my understanding is 
there may be an impact in TRT bases because TRT bases are generally within range or around range. But when you start getting above range, the inhibins stop any further development of testosterone from the testes. Okay. Yeah, the way I understood it was just that because you're taking it, it forces the production. You know, it's sending the signals that forces the production. But I'm not going to say that you're wrong because I'm not 100% on that either, man. Let's. You sound like I, you... I, I... Hey, I was told there was a localized inhibitor that, that, that prevented that circulating from happening, but I, I do believe it, it's level-based. So the higher okay. your test levels are, the more that inhibiting infection stops anything from happening. Probably be hard to find studies of guys that were running a gram a test and were on HCG as well, you know? Anyway. <laughs> well, there's definitely no studies, but I, I will... Uh, I will see if um, I can. We, we, we're putting. Oh, by the way, yeah, not that it, it's relevant particularly, but we're putting a new system in with Eva. Oh, really? Um, which should make it much, much easier um, to for us to check data against what people are using and what the results affected like. So I might be able to go back and have a better look in twelve months' time at, at how drug uses is re- is reflected in results. Okay, interesting. And does this calculate for the free pizzas too? The yes, vouchers? It does. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, great the toppings. Oh, good, good. All right, we'll move on then. But I would I would love to learn more about that. Um great show guys. So my question uh for the show, uh, would you say it is better to stack say three compounds on higher doses or more? on lower doses to minimize sides with the overall target mass gains. What? I I, I wouldn't it, really be looking. Go on, you go first. I, I, I'm confused because when he said, you know, stack three compounds on hired, I thought he was going to say like three compounds less versus one of more. Three. It, let, let me say this. If you're taking three compounds and you're taking a lot of them, versus three compounds and you're taking a little of them, I think a lot of them are going <laughs> to do a lot more. Just my humble opinion. I I think when you start getting sort of three compounds and above, it starts getting very difficult to know what the fuck's doing what. Yeah. And, and it, it just become a little bit of a, a melting pot with not really sure of what's affecting what and how it's affecting this or that or the other. So I also, the other thing is as well, I mean, so for argument's sake, you say, well, I was going to take a, just, just, it's just spitballing. So I'm not suggesting these doses in the slightest, but I was going to take a gram of Masteron. But instead what I'll do is I'll take 500 of Masteron and 500 Primo. Primo is, is milder. I mean, it is a milder impacting drug in lots of ways. So one, you're not going to get the same effect as you would with, with the gram of Masteron. You're probably still going to get the same amount of HDL bastardization from that. It will absolutely trash it. Uh, but you're not really saving yourself anything by just using two compounds that are from the same family, but just splitting the dose between. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of a, a, a comp. I mean, yeah, the other thing would be like, say, well, I'm going to take 200 megadeca and I'm going to take 100 meg of MPP every other day instead of taking 600 megadeca. Yeah. The impact is going to be the same. You're not saving yourself any hassle there. Um, so I can't really see where you would go. I, I, I struggle in my head to see an argument for running more than three compounds, to be fair. <laughs> I'm starting to think, like, where would I see three compounds be better than, say, or six compounds be better than three? And I, I just can't think of the compound listing I would use to do that. I, I could see more than three in an advanced contest prep, but not for an off-season growing cycle. And when I say that, I mean if we're running, say, test to start, then I'll usually add test and master on, mast E, and then we'll add a little bit of trend in. And then maybe the last few weeks, we use a little winstrel. Like that would be my four compounds. But that's a, yeah. you know, that's not an off, that's not what he's talking about. I'm with you. No. I don't see three compounds, four compounds. I don't see four compounds in an off season. Three would be like the absolute max, even at 
lower doses of each versus more of one. Yeah, I mean, a test mass would be a prime example of a lean gain off season compound blend that would would work quite well. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know people go to Tren with with, with long acting test Tren and mass, but I'm I don't like Tren in the off season. Full stop. You know where the fourth would um, come in? Fourth would come in test Deca mast and a draw, like for some phase of that. That would be the fourth, not for the full okay. cycle. You know. But I, the way I look at that question as well is, I don't see that being being a fourth, being an oral. Uh, I because I agree the oral's not the oral's not particularly interchangeable with the anabolics anyway. I mean, orals affect the genomic and non-genomic receptors. They don't affect the AR apart from the one, and I can never fucking remember which one it is. One oral does link with the AR, but I can't remember which one it is. I always forget it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but the other orals have a different pathway anyway. So, yeah. you know, adding an oral to a comp, to a cycle, does create a different mechanism. Well, not really a mechanism of growth, but does create a different anabolic pathway, would be a better way of putting it. Um, but you offset that by the fact that they are the, the most stressful way of taking an anabolic. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So, what would be. I, don't, I still don't quite get his question, to be completely honest. Well, I, I, I just think there's someone here that's looking at a kitchen sink approach to anabolics, and I, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would I would be much more – I mean, every compound has its unique properties. Um, yeah, you have DHT, you have test base, and you have nandrolone base. But, I mean, nandrolones aren't comparable at all. You've either got nandrolone, trembolone, or ment. And they are so fucking different to each other. It doesn't really matter that they have this same base drop, yeah, because they have no no resemblance to each other whatsoever. Apart from the fact that they act like progestins, I mean that's probably the only linking element you could have in an androids. Yeah, with DHTs, they they are for the most part generally very similar, and they're just scales of 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 stress impact. I suppose would be the best way of looking at it. You know, what I mean. Mast is earlier than Primo. It's not sophisticated, so it's a little bit more sledgehammery. Uh, Primo is an incredibly sophisticated drug, so it's very subtle in how it works within the body. Doesn't have a lot of of you know extra tissue engagement, so it's it's not particularly heavy on prostate. It's not particularly heavy on the sebaceous glands. It's not particularly heavy on 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 um, hair follicles. Mast is a little bit heavier in those areas, but but still not terrible. You know because synthetic DHTs do not react to the receptor the same way as, as a test-based DHT does. Which you taught me that. That was something, and I haven't looked into it further, but that was something I hadn't really known. You know, I, I, I mean, I think regardless, yeah. DHTs can affect the hair to some extent. And, you know, they always they, say they, like, they, like well, and, and we did discuss like Winstrel would be one that would more so. But uh, yeah, I, I hadn't thought they, of that before. That, can you share your explanation on that again? Yeah, so if you imagine... The, the DHT compounds like a plug, like a multi-pin plug, like you have in a computer. So you have a, a, a 13 or an 11 or a 9-pin plug. <coughs> With natural DHT, it's a 13-pin plug. And it plugs into the socket, uh, and, and off that androgen receptor socket, we've got obviously the anabolic properties, but we've also got it, it plugging in and affecting peripheral tissue, like, like your prostate and sebaceous glands and air follicles. The synthetic DHTs have a couple of the pins almost trimmed back, so they're less impacted. And that's why they don't stimulate hair loss in the same way as testosterone-driven DHT does. And that's why they don't impact the prostate in the same way as testosterone DHT does. Granted, you put the dose of a synthetic DHT up high enough, and there's going to be some impact. But in general, it doesn't. And Primo is the pretty much last one that was developed. It's the most sophisticated anabolic I think there ever has been developed up to press. And as a result, its triggering of other effects are much lower than the earlier DHTs that were a little bit less sophisticated in how they affected these things. So MAST is going to have a greater impact on hair loss than Primo is, but it's still going to be much, much less than natural DHT. Okay. I don't know. We got way off track, I think, but that's okay. This is good stuff. 
I'm uh I'm just gonna go ahead and, and move on because we did have more about bulking too. Hey guys, question for the next show. Uh, what would you recommend for off season? I don't really do well with DECA in my results on EQ don't really show much compared to test only. Um, I usually run one gram of test. What would you recommend other than those two uh, for mass along with my test? So he doesn't get on with Decca. He doesn't like EQ. So he's looking for another base compound to run with his testosterone. Yeah. 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 He feels that EQ doesn't. And I'll tell you, I could kind of relate. I, I ran Decca before I ran EQ. Then when I went back to EQ, I was like, yeah, this really isn't that special. I ran an EQ cycle and I was disappointed until. A couple of years later, I went back and I ran high dose EQ. That was that was the tits, as the kids would say. Does, does he? Sorry, did he explain as to why he doesn't like EQ and and, and Decker? Is it is it side based or is it revolt based? Well, he said he doesn't get on well, really well with Decker, and he doesn't. So far, he said in his experience, the results haven't been great with EQ. So Decca is a side effect thing. It sounds like. EQ, he's saying he hasn't really grown from. Uh, I mean, probably test and master, but I would, I'd be curious to to want to know what his problems were with Decker and was it down to potential poor management or incorrect management might be a better way of putting it, rather than the compound itself being problematic. I generally find that there aren't that many people that don't genuinely get on with a compound. It's just that they fail to manage the compound. Yeah. Uh, and th- there are a few because of Decker's impacts in the brain. There are definitely a few that, that get stuff like depression with Decker and struggle with it from that point of view, which is fine. Okay, that, that's something that's beyond the general management issues that you would find. But when most people complain about erectile problems and stuff like that, that's just the fact that they're not managing their estrogen and prolactin correctly. Okay. Uh, and I don't really see that as a problem with the compound. I see that as a problem with understanding how the compound works. I feel like this is like a third year or fourth year anabolic users question. Because that year one, you're like just doing great with test. Then you're going to like, you know, test in DECA. And then you try test in EQ and you're like, yeah, that wasn't so great. What else do I have in my bulking, you know, artillery? You know, what what's available and then you're like, I guess this is really it. I, I went from there. I went to DHB and I found that to be pretty solid. In fact, I stayed, I got like more overall fullness from DHB than I did from uh, uh, EQ. And I was vascular as hell, like no matter how much size I put on with DHB. Yeah, I, I, I think the other thing is as well is we, we seem to have this, obsession with running X plus Y plus Z, you know, and if you're not getting on with a compound or you, you struggle to manage it, then what's wrong with just running fucking test? Yeah, you could do that. I will say though, man, I feel like there's going to be more benefit though of getting another, an anabolic in there that's going to do something well, different than just test, you know? Yeah, but people, I think people diss just test and, and, you know, it, it can work really well. Sure. Um, it sides are simple. We know it very well. Our body likes it. It understands it. It knows what to fucking do with it. Uh, and I just, I, I just, sometimes I think people will get obsessed with, well, I need to run another compound. I need to do. Look, if you react well off test and you grow well off test and, and you're struggling with other compounds, then fuck it. Just run test. Yeah, there would be nothing wrong if you wanted to do that, that's for sure. No, definitely not. You know, if you've run it, yeah, just run tests and, all right, yeah, you're going to need more estrogen management and that might not be ideal, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you, people, I think people sometimes, oh, I need to run tests with another company. No, you don't need to. You can do, and there are options for doing that. But there is also the option of just running tests. It's not terrible. All right. I've got one from Scott Stevenson. I saw it. He says, um, 
What are Dave's thoughts on the uh, contention? Um, I have heard this a few times lately that all AAS essentially are equivalent uh, potency on a milligram basis. 500 milligrams of Masteron would be just as potent as 500 milligrams of Trend, for instance. Uh, Primo has about the same binding affinity to the rat muscle AR relative as does testosterone. No, I I haven't heard that, actually. Um, so I, I just to put all science to one side for a minute and just go pure on experience and anecdotal responses. Yeah. I I I just don't see it at all. Yeah, me either. Um uh, I mean we've got changes in relative binding affinity, we've got changes on estrogen effect. Estrogen is a growth factor as well. Um I'm sorry but I do not believe that the same person running 500 milligrams of testosterone or 500 milligrams of Primo is going to get the same results from Primo in his life. No, no, absolutely. I, um, I, I think it was is, like a decade. Is there a potential? A decade ago, Dave, mm. people started saying like, oh, I'm on under a gram total compound. They're like, how much are you running? Oh, like 1.5 gram cycle. I think that's where it started was about a decade ago when people were saying like, how much gear do you run? Oh, I'm on like a, my cycle is like under two grams. It's like, well, two grams of what? Two grams of trend or two grams of test and primo. That's a different cycle, you know? Yeah. I just, I just can't see it. Um, I'd be curious as to what the justification is or the evidence is that supports the argument that Scott's hearing. I think it's just, I'm, I'm guessing it's just talk online talk. Yeah, but there's got to be some reasoning behind it. Even if it's just anecdotal, there's got to be, oh, have you left your phone on? We're recording late, Dave. I normally do work at this time. Understand I'm normally working at this time. You should have worked earlier and just replaced watch the hours around. That's fine. You you know, we can all do that. Um, Yeah, but I mean, even... I, I just... I'm doing a thousand milligram cycle uh, per week of D ball. Well, you're not gonna do, are you? I mean, you, you, you the, the toxicity and the stress factors from that are going to be incredible. Yeah, be I mean, realistic it, it, here. I, I just, you maybe I'm someone coming up with that argument must must have some form of justification as to why they they think it, even if it's just well, I believe X, Y, Z happens or whatever. Yeah. I can't see there being any studies to support it because it's just not something that's looked at. All right. All right. Moving on here. Um, Oh, this was a comment. I actually chuckled at this. Uh, CV said, and this is uh, in in relationship to our last episode. First, all that tea and now Christmas cabbage. The Brits can't get a break. Mm, Where is he? (laughs) There's actually something I've been meaning to talk to you about. He's here. Where? He's here. Sorry. He's sitting next to me. He's a little ashamed right now. You want to see him? Is is he? Yeah. Is he sitting next to you, Scott? Yeah, he's right here. Here he is. He's just. He's in his house slippers right now. <laughs> Done! Done! <laughs> Dave left the show. Dave left the show. Okay, I'll take him out of the shoe. That was his crock. I will tell Dave that was his crock. <laughs> All right. We'll see how long till Dave comes back. <clears throat> he actually, oh, he, there he is. You did tell get me that traitorous, get that traitorous ball of green vegetation off the fucking TV now. Yeah, there's actually something though. This he he had a he had he had a rough. Things haven't been great here, Dave. I I have to tell you. Um, I think it might be easier to show right, so you before. I, yeah, 
Okay, okay, go on the show, man. All right. I I have a couple of video clips. <clears throat> All I'm going to say is you you have a legal responsibility for the cabbage's welfare. This is And I believe that may be the back of a police car. Yeah, yeah. It was the back of a police car, all right. And it's unfortunate. So, but so, hang, on, whoa, whoa, so hang on. So, first of all, he's wearing the footwear of the devil. <laughs> Those heinous, insulting, vile creations that no real normal person would ever consider putting on their feet. Look at he's yes, still smiling. Them, which is exactly that. He's still smiling, Dave. And then you get him arrested. I did no such thing. This was this was at the holding while they were oh, waiting so to book they, him. They, they they just cuff normal cabbages to the vase in a in a cell. Then do they? But look at him still smiling. I I guess I guess he was drinking. I guess that's what it came down to. I but guess there was an how was he drinking, issue. Scott? He's a minor. I I wasn't paying attention that evening. Victoria and he's, I he's, hadn't had a lot of time. We wanted to watch Family Feud. It was on right, at 7.30. Don't have kids. You're a shit parent. It, there's a little more, too. Um, I guess in this whole thing, while they had arrested what do you him, mean there's more? he assaulted an officer, and he needed to be put into the restraint chair. So they, oh, my God. Do you notice that? Look at the foot thing on that restraint chair. Like, people have, do you see that? Like, that thing's tore up. People who have been in that chair have stop, not wanted stop, to be in that try, chair. Stop trying to change the subject. Do you see that though? Look at the look at the base plate or the like where your calves I would don't be. Care. So you stole the cabbage. I didn't steal him. He came out of his own accord. He you said he wanted to visit America, and he was mad that cabbage. you didn't take him to FedEx. You then got him drunk. You then got him arrested. You then got him charged, and worst of all, you put fucking Crocs on him. <laughs> so what was worse, the fact that he did a little time here in the States, or the fact that he wore the Crocs? In your opinion, which was worse? Crocs, that's unforgivable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were pretty brutal on him. I'm, I'm finding a replacement. Christmas cabbage is dope. He's actually being deported, Dave, so he's coming back, whether you want him to or not. And illegally on the books has been your responsibility. I guess this was a... uh, I I refuse refuse to accept it. From the nice police officer who sent this to me, he said this was a welfare check at this point. He had been booked. He was doing a welfare check on him at this point. It was very nice of him to get all this footage for us, wasn't it? He's a listener of the oh. show, by the way. The the particular police officer who got this footage for us. I want to say thank you to him. Uh, he doesn't want to be named, I believe, which is good. That's probably fine. It's probably for the better. Don't be associated with this program. <laughs> he probably doesn't want to be associated with a cabbage that wears fucking Crocs. <laughs> probably. But, yeah, he is He is on his way home now. They're just trying to get some paperwork no, cleared. No, uh, no, and they're going to be... No. Uh, Sending him on a on either a, a long boat or they we're going to see if we can get him some airline tickets, Dave. Uh, send him back, coach. Send him to fucking Wales or somewhere. Don't worry, he'll he'll get over it. He's 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 huh? done he's done time. He can relate. Okay. I don't have a shit about the time. It's the fucking crops. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we've got here <clears throat> because we do have a bunch of listener questions. Um. Oh. I'm not what about you don't want to help people, Dave? You what about somebody with high cholesterol, Dave? You don't want to help him live longer? What about Alex Diamond? Alex says, Hey Scott, thanks for the great podcast. You and Dave are a great team. Dave is the greatest podcaster that I've ever witnessed, and I really enjoy Oh. <laughs> Um, was just wondering about your and Dave's opinion on high cholesterol, not from bad, bad diet, but heredity. Um, how would you combat this on and off cycle? I would be more focused on the HDL than I would the LDL. I mean, obviously be sensible, keep your diet in check, 
Um, but I, I would definitely be concentrating on keeping my HDL as high as I could. I, I'm a sort of, maybe I'm wrong with this, but I'm a sort of believer if you naturally have a certain makeup in your body, then the chances are your body has compensated to work with that setup. So for argument's sake, I seen people who genetically have low testosterone. Your, your mic, it's all twisted up. Um, and they hear actually... No, bollocks. Is that better? Yeah, right. I, I've seen people that genetically have, say, low testosterone. And and they cope very, very well with that because that's how their body was designed to, you know, to work. Or they have reduced kidney function and they cope very well with that because that's how they were born. So their, their body's compensated for these natural anomalies within their makeup so obviously if you're prone to to high ldl genetically i would be very careful with my diet i would watch that i'm not being an idiot and such things like that but i would more focus on the one that you can control which would be the hdl so i would focus on keeping my hdl as high as i could to to some degree offset the fact that i'm gonna have higher levels of circulating cholesterol than normal what about the we talked before i know dean had mentioned it using lysine and vitamin C. Yeah, the, the lysine vitamin C protocol works very, very well. But that's that that's going to drive HDL up more than it's potentially going to drive LDL down. Okay. I would probably look at slow niacin if you're looking at reducing LDL. But again, if you're genetically predisposed to that, you might find it has no impact whatsoever. Okay. Um, I mean, I would do everything you could. So, you know, I, I would have a clean diet. I, I would plenty of cardio. I would put in um, slow niacin. Um, and you may find that's beneficial. But if not, the upside of that is, well, then if, if I can't lower LDL, let's increase HDL at least to, to, to offset that to some extent. Okay. We've got a few more here. Um, Golden Trinity asks us, he says, uh, Beautiful to see how Scott and Dave's relationship has grown after the romantic affair in Britain. You don't argue as much anymore. He hasn't seen this show yet. And uh, and I can uh, see the sparkles in your eyes. <laughs> okay. Uh, question for the next show. I'm about to go into a lean bulk after a massive contest prep incorporating 1.8 grams of gear. There we go again with the grams of gear. Um it seems to me, uh, as I process, as I progress as a bodybuilder, that uh, guys don't put a lot of fat in their off season, but still uh, can still gain large amounts of muscle mass. Is this a result of increased insulin uh, sensitivity after such a long time on low to no carbs during the prep, or is this a fact that there? the more you progress, the more comfortable you become with blasting grams of gear in service of your progression. Wondering what else might explain this too. It looks like uh, pros are always lean in the off season, yet they put on a lot of size in a short amount of time. Take Nick Walker, for example. First thing first, Pros release pictures and videos deliberately. Yeah. So you do not always see their true self. You do not always see pictures that are relative to their period in time. And you may remember a few years ago, a load of pictures circulating a big Rami having lost a shitload of size. Yeah. Because he came off the drugs for some downtime for his health, not because he had health problems, but just to manage his health. And then he ramped it back up again, going in comp. There's several bodybuilders that have done this. Um, with regards to, no, the pros aren't all ramming grams and grams of gear. That's just absolute, complete bullshit. There are pros that do, but there are plenty of pros that don't. I know a few pros that run relatively low cycles, uh, sub two grams. Yeah. Um, and they're big fuckers. So Luke Sandow was one. Luke didn't go over two grams in the last three, four years before his suicide. Okay. Most of, his, most of his cycles were a gram and a half, and no he kidding. was not lacking for size or growth. Huh. Um, so the gram thing is generally put about by people that just want an excuse to use shitloads of gear because they don't want to put the hard work in. But more potentially, 
that they don't have the genetics. Hmm. Yeah. Pros are genetically gifted. And part of that genetically gift is in a relation to how they start and use body fat. Also, the higher your muscle mass, the actual harder it is to get fucking fat because your muscle mass requires so many calories to maintain that you naturally start to lean up anyway as you grow because you're limited with the amount of food you can actually consume. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. I also, can see that. As, you move, as you move through your career, you get more experience. You know what works for you better. You know what, what, what you can handle better. So there's all sorts of factors played into this. And as you get more experience, you learn to manage your insulin sensitivity a bit better. So there's all sorts of factors that play into this. But it's not one single thing, and it definitely isn't based around blasting grams of gear. I would say, too, the bigger you get, the more your muscle shows through. So if you're like mm-hmm. a 250-pound bodybuilder and you gained 50 pounds of fat – that 50 pounds of fat is going to look a lot different than if you were like a 130 pound string bean before you gained that fat, you know, that, that was one of the first things that came to my mind. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing, yeah, like you say, I mean, I know lots of pros that walk around 40, 50 pound over contest weight. Yeah. But still have visible abs still look relatively decent. Um, prime example, Oh, um, oh God, I'm having a mental block. Um, we interviewed him at Fitex. Um, I was trying to think of something funny to say. Nate Styles. Oh, yeah. I liked him. He was no, a cool Nate dude. Nate Styles. So Nate Styles, Nate, Nate Styles hit 330, 335 off season. Yeah. Still had abs. Still had uh, Good separation in his legs, a little bit of feathering in his quads. No kidding. Um, he's now sitting sub 300. Yeah. He's still several weeks out from the show. So he's he's dropped 40 pounds. Hey, do you think we could get him on next you know, week? Just for like 15 minutes next or week, something? but I can definitely speak to him. I'll yeah, try, yeah. I'll just try. for like, you know, just a quick little thing. It'd be cool to bring him on and say hi and, and introduce him to our audience. I need to speak to Zach as well. Yeah? Yeah, we should get Zach on the show. That would be fun. Yeah, I'll speak to Zach as well. I think that the the more muscle you have, the fatter you can get and still show your muscle through. That that's my thought on it, really. I mean, if you want if you want an extreme example, well, Tom Platts was was used to get fairly heavy in the off season, but Lee Priest. Yeah. Yeah. Lee Priest is very well known. And Dorian. Dorian was another one who got fat in the off season. Yeah. He was quite happy to carry the excess as well. You ever hear of um, Nandrolone Sipinate? This guy says, uh, my supplier. Never. Just, yeah, he says he's just sent over some Nandrolone Sipinate to try out. Um, could be the best of both worlds while. Uh, uh, I can't read that because my things are there. Or could be the best of both worlds or still a little too long acting. I honestly have no idea. Never ever heard of it. Yeah. Didn't even know there was a roaring existence with a sipinate ester attached to it. You've probably seen like the um, uh, what do you call it? Like the the raw source people. They always have the weirdest shit. Like you can buy testosterone acetate powder. You know what I mean? Like weird shit that you normally wouldn't get. You ever you seen test it's acetate? Genuine, I don't know, man. I've used test acetate. I mean, it was. Was it different than probe? Not at all. You know what I mean? So how did you know it wasn't just test prop? Could have been for all I knew, but the price was good. (laughs) (laughs) I can say this because this company is long out of business, but oh no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've never seen any of the Chinese raw suppliers offering those sort of compounds with those esters. So I I see the question how genuine. Have you? Uh, yeah, I've seen a few. I've seen a few weird ones. Um, and, and that was the one that came to mind in particular was the uh, the testosterone acetate that I had seen. But I've never seen like DECA acetate, that's for sure. No. All right. Got a few more here. Um, thoughts on raloxifen. Jo- uh, Joseph asks us, thoughts on raloxifen on cycle? Okay. He says, 
because I don't want my estrogen low and Novadex crushes my estrogen to the point that I can't function. Novadex doesn't affect estrogen in the slightest. It blocks the estrogen receptor. So I don't know what's going on there, but there are a few people that do struggle with Novadex. Yeah. They get weird, weird they get very impacting weird sides. Like what? Uh, but severe lethargy, huh. real emotional problems. Yeah. So I have, I rare, only a few people I've come across, but I have come across it. I've seen it more with, um, with, uh, Clomid, the the those type of weird yeah. emotional sides, but yeah, I could still see it happening, man. I mean, Novadex will affect the receptors within the brain, and that's where these sides are coming from. They're not coming from each one within the, the the body as such; it's more the brain impacts. So it is possible, but you haven't, you definitely haven't lowered your estrogen levels on Novadex. You've only affected the receptors. Um. So yeah, I mean, going to a to a different estrogen management protocol would would definitely be viable. But I'd also want to see, or I would recommend that you throw in some testing to see what levels relate to what feelings. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense because at the end of the day, Novadex isn't reducing your total estrogen. It's not reducing your estrogen levels. It's just blocking your estrogen from attaching to the receptor, right? So like you can have high estrogen levels and still, you know, and be on Novadex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott makes a very valid point that 30 pound of fat on a 300 pound guy is only 10%. Yeah, there so you go. He is, technically, he, is technically, he is technically lean. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've got a couple more here. Um is uh hi guys question for next time is there any truth behind taking orals or a jab before you train that it actually does anything you can explain great show guys uh mass from the uk you know a guy named mass no well he lives in the uk dave somewhere okay that's nice so yeah, I don't know him. Some some drugs. You've you, you've been here now. You do realize that the country is a little bit bigger than you try to make out. It's pretty. It's pretty small. I drove. I took a flight into one side, and I basically drove to the other. It took an hour and a half. You, you landed in Manchester, and you drove to Liverpool. There was yeah. That uh, is not one side to the other. Nowhere near. Yeah, it's pretty close. And in how long does it take to get there? From Manchester to Liverpool. But Manchester is on the west coast. About, it's the west side of the country. About an hour and a half. It's not right? on the east side. Yes, but it's not on the east See, side. Dave agrees with me. It's about an hour and a half. That's like saying that I've driven a whole length of Canada to get from fucking Buffalo to Niagara. <laughs> but you guys did have gasoline engines. Which that to right. me was a pleasant surprise. Go, go away. Um, yes, fast acting compounds can influence the workout and both injectable and oral. Yeah. It, it, I think it depends on, on the compound, though. I think it depends yeah, on the compound. Well, depends, like, uh, yeah, you know, are you going to take a shot of DECA pre workout and get effect from it? No, probably not. And I, I think that's a mistake that I've seen young newer guys i should say that make that you start a cycle and you're like okay i'm gonna start this cycle i'm working out today so i'm gonna make sure i take my shot of test e before i go to the gym i wouldn't expect anything out of that no but there's a psychological link there i mean you 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 take the grow juice and, and it's it's conscious in your head that you've taken the grow juice yeah yeah that will have a psychological impact on how you train without doubt yeah Scott Stevenson had something for us. He said, um, FYI, interesting stuff on Novadex metabolites, um, tamoxifen metabolites as active inhibitors of aromatase in the treatment of breast cancer. So he linked us a study that we can't click on here. I have heard that, that it, it, uh, yeah, but it's Scott, just not you, other Scott, yeah. clever Scott. Hey, it's nice, Scott, not arsehole. Okay, that's fair enough. Shut up, croc. Crop wearing individual. Um, now we've seen this with DHP recently. That the DHP metabolite has an anti-estrogenic properties, and it does. It's, it's very powerful anti-estrogen, 
but its production is so minuscule, its real-world impact is virtually non-existent. So would you, which surprising actually, I saw JP touting DHP as being an anti-issue and the idiot. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Anyway. Oh, um, shots fired, JP. No, no, I like, I like Jordan. I've got a lot of time for Jordan. I, I've got a lot of respect for Jordan. I really have. But that one he's way off kilter with as far as I'm concerned. So is this a similar scenario? Do do we have anything to support the real-world impacts? Or is it just a case of in this study it produces these metabolites, but we don't know if they're impacting in the real world. Just curious. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious. because You've I, read it. I haven't. So it'll be a quick answer. That's what I was asking. Yeah. And, I, and I've never seen, like, Novodex being, like, this, like, ultimate crusher of estrogen in, in my experience. No, I haven't either. I mean, uh, and uh, there were no shots fired, Scott. So I'm trying to make drama out of something <laughs> that's not there. Of course I'm joking. I, of course I'm joking. I just think, I just think he got that one wrong. What does he say here? He says, um, uh, the thing I've wondered about is if estrogen has been blocked at the adipose, for instance, does this affect aromatase expression? This would make sense. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, potentially. But then if, if estrogen was being blocked, then and if the feedback for aromatase is the, is the ER then wouldn't that surely stimulate an increase in aromatase? Because it's going to sense low estrogen. Well, while Scott responds to that, I'm going to find another question. Because um, I saw a few things up here. Oh, Liam did have a serious question for us. Liam Hunter, who's been to Dave's house, and he can side with me that Dave lives far in the country. He says, uh, on a serious note, uh, I'll ask a genuine question. Does the glycemic index really matter that much, i.e. sweet potatoes versus white rice or white rice versus brown rice, etc.? Depends on how extreme you are on the glycemic index. Agreed, 100%. So, so if you're talking things that are relatively fairly close, then no. But if you're talking things that are polar opposites, then yes. Yeah, like, uh, but Snickers also it bars. would depend on yeah, well, sugar, sugar versus white rice. I mean, there's a huge difference in the glycemics there. Yeah, but um, I was like potatoes. I mean, potatoes are relatively fast acting, but if you're eating every couple of hours, every two and a half hours, you're not going to create too much of a roller coaster there. Yeah, uh, but I like I like to use potatoes post workout for the reason that they are high glycemic. They are quite fast acting, and and I think too it. Here's my thought too, is that you, you in general, I, I see a lot of people using a lot higher glycemic carbs in general now in their diets. Mm. And, and even like, you know, how is it processed? A rice cake is going to be a different glycemic index than a bowl of rice. I will tell you that. Mm. But um, mm. I, I, I would think that it, it don't just lean into one thing versus just the glycemic index. I see people who are only using white rice. That's all they eat. That's their only carb source. You're not really getting a lot else than the starch and the carbs. When you could be getting fiber, you could be getting other nutrients. And I'd say that a variety is probably what I would try to focus on. Don't lean into just one thing. There is no perfect carb. All right. What does Scott say? And then basically we'll yeah wrap up the show and then and then and then said some more complex stuff which will just confuse a lot of people so so basically said yes he, he agrees aromatase would potentially increase with the er being blocked um he also says that um metabolized acting as ais could also increase uh, the aromatase uh, and would also increase stuff like luteinizing hormone which is one of the reasons why novadex is used Huh. Um, which in turn would increase an upregulation of aromatase as well. So he said it's it's, it's definitely a, a very complex situation with a, a lot of a melting pot going on with lots of different actions contradicting each other. Um, and what the net balance of that would be is probably quite difficult to predict. That makes sense. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. It must be midnight over there by now, Dave. No. Oh, hang on. We have got one that we need to touch on. And the only reason being is because uh, Alfonso asked straight away. 
Oh, Alfonso up at the top. He did ask about, uh, and we did have a couple more in the live in the uh, the questions from YouTube that I didn't get to, but we were out of time. Alfonso says, hey, guys, looking good as always. I'm sure he's referring to me and Christmas Cabbage. Thank you very much, Alfonso. Uh, any thoughts on assault bikes for cardio? Very good. Yeah, very good. Anything that gets you fucking going, right? Crack on with it. Yeah. Though I do believe that bike, bike lives matter and you shouldn't really be assaulting them. And just because it's not against the law to assault a bike, I I, I don't feel, I feel you should give them some, you know, quality of life. Assault bikes, lives do matter. You're very funny, other 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 stationary bikes also have feelings too. How's your Peloton going? Not bad. Yeah, not bad. I'm not the biggest bike cardio fan. No, I'm not, but it's all I can do really practically, so it works well for me. And you know what else is nice about well. bikes? It's, it's, they, they take up little amount of room. They aren't that big. It, it's been going really well. I missed, because of work commitments, I missed Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday purely out of straight fatigue. Um, and I found this morning a bit of a slog, but so it's there and it's been done and it's been consistent and it will continue to be consistent. A bit of a slog, you said. Hmm. This morning, wasn't it? What's a bit of a slog mean? It was difficult. Now go away. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, As Dave mentioned, he's going to be doing his next Pillars of Strength coming up here pretty soon. So you can drop him a message. You like the way I'm using my pointer, Dave? I don't like you at all. (laughs) He's not even looking. He doesn't even see what I'm doing. He doesn't even see what I'm doing. It's actually my L-carnitine. I'm getting ready to work out right after we train. You can go to Amino Asylum, get some good L-carnitine, use our code THINK. Uh, as I mentioned, though, Dave's got his pillars of strength coming up. Uh, and uh, if you want to reach out to him, drop him a message. Uh, of course, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com, use our code THINK. We appreciate you having you guys here, uh, supplementsource.ca. You can reach out over there uh, if you want to get some great deals on supplements in Canada. And, of course, guys, I appreciate everybody over on Patreon. I appreciate all your feedback over there and on YouTube. David? As always, man, this has been a pleasure. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Thank you. We'll see you soon. So that guys. doesn't that doesn't that doesn't excuse the neglect of Christmas cabbage and the Crocs. Well, he's coming home. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll get him a I flight. I don't want him. I don't want him. You are legally obligated to this cabbage. No, he's dirty now. <laughs> you can bathe. It'd be okay. No, you can't. You can't wash crop dirt off. I'm going to get him his flight set before you move. (laughs) That way he knows where to go. He needs to be on a register now. (laughs) You might not be able to come back to the U.S. We'll see. We'll try to work something out with that nice police officer who shot the video for us. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. 